proof of work has a nice property that it can be relayed through untrusted middlemen. We don't have to worry about a chain of custody, of communication. It doesn't matter who tells you the longest chain, the proof of work speaks for itself. Satoshi Nakamoto. Welcome to another episode of What is Your Bitcoin Story? The podcast where we dive deep into the personal journeys and unique experiences of individuals shaping the world of Bitcoin. I'm your host, Gigi, and today we have a true artist guest joining us. He's not just an expert in the history of NFT and blockchain space. He's an illustrator whose art has left a lasting mark on the crypto world. With a background as diverse as his talents, our guest today is an engineer, professor, developer, and a true pioneer in promotion of Bitcoin and blockchain technology in Mexico and across Latin America. But that's not all. Our guest is more than just a technologist. He's a cypherpunk artist and a meme maximalist, blending the worlds of technology and creativity in ways that challenge the conventional boundaries of both. So grab your headphones and get ready to be inspired as we unravel the Bitcoin story of one and only Gus Grilaska. Welcome to the show, Gus. Hey, Gigi. Thanks. Great introduction, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, uh, th thank you very much for, for your kind words. I, I, I did my work to, to, to try and pr prompt up the guests as, as we always do. And, and yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. For, for the listeners that don't know some, some backstory, we, we met last month in October in, in Amsterdam Bitcoin Conference, where you were displaying some fascinating artwork, which also included some virtual reality aspects in it. And, uh, and yeah, I just couldn't stop then and, and speak to you and meet you. And, um, and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today to, to share more about your story and, and the amazing work that you're doing. So... Perhaps we can start off with, with um, you guys sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you first got involved in the world of Bitcoin. Where does your rabbit hole start? Well, I think it uh, started uh, a little bit short of 10 years ago. Uh, it was 2014, around 2014. I was living in Barcelona and there was actually a, a, a very early Bitcoin adoption uh, groups in, in Barcelona. There was a there, there's been a, an anarchist tradition in, in Catalonia uh, since the first half of the 20th century. Uh, well, uh, actually, way earlier. Uh, and I think it's a it's a good um, uh, uh, place uh, to 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 grow these kind of ideas. And probably that's one of the reasons some of the very early Bitcoin adopters were, were in Barcelona. So in my case, it was just like no one talked to me about Bitcoin. I just found it online. I was going to to a lot of changes in my life. I, uh, I'm an engineer and I had a, a company. I was a, a co-founder and, and shareholder of a, of a biotechnological company. I'm a bi biotechnology engineer. So... Uh, wow. Uh, so I was I was working there, but I was going through a lot of changes. I wanted to go back to Mexico. Um, I wanted to the, the my my place in in the company was uh, was not uh, going in in the in the way that I that I wanted to. So I was thinking about leaving that job, but then at the same time I didn't want it like a regular job, you know. And uh, and one of the most important things that i notice in the at least in the latin american community that is living abroad uh, both in the united states or, or or europe is that one of the main reasons that they don't go back to their country is because of the the economy like there mm. are other factors like for instance like crime and stuff like that right like i i know that as a fact 
most of my my friends, my female uh, friends, they, that's the number one reason they sometimes don't go back to Latin America because there's higher rates of crime. But but the other factor I, I will say for some of us might be the number one is is the economy because like you like after getting your wage in euros for several years, you don't want to go back to a to a shitter shitcoin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and that's a very uh, like a very important factor, and, and I think that was one of the things that got me into a, a research um, a journey online to see options. And and I was also I, I was already an anarchist, I will say, from my early twenties. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I I was never very much into into activism or. Or political philosophy, even though I made some uh, some studies in philosophy, and I was like kind of aware that anarchism is a is a very valid political philosophy, but I was never like that much into it. But I, I had that vein, you know. So I think it was the combination of those two things. I was following people like like Larkin Rose online, and 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 some anarchists online started talking about Bitcoin. And I think it was in 2014 when I first heard about Bitcoin. I don't remember Bitcoin before 2014, and then but by 2015 I was already like trying to accumulate sats as, as much. Fully orange field. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, nice. so it was basic, basically that, and and then uh, 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 I found in Barcelona groups of of very early Bitcoin adopters that also uh, uh, I I felt like uh, like I could share my ideas, and and they also like helped me in my trip to to get into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, uh, well, it, it's very interesting. I mean, a, a lot of guests that that have so to say come across Bitcoin a, a decade ago, like yourself, they only got involved, you know, much later on, 2017, 18, you know, they kind of saw it and dismissed it. But it's very interesting to hear how less than 12 months later, you, you were on a DCAing, you know, stacking your sats and, and, and really, you know, jumping in what we call the deep end of the pool. It, it's fascinating. And, and yeah, definitely Barcelona has a charm for it. It's, it's also one of my favorite places in, in Europe and definitely Gaudi left a live fire there for future artists and in today's day digital artists to get you know inspired influenced and motivated um so it's very interesting essentially how how your roots of, of bitcoin started from from actually from catalonia let me then ask you since you are essentially the first artist to be on the podcast which which i'm very fond of I'm, i also have a deep passion for for art unfortunately i'm not an artist myself but you know it's, it's always interesting to get you know people from different perspectives of life you know mostly Having financial background, people they have a very different mindset and they're very, they're very different outlook towards the world and, and of course Bitcoin. But yourself being this this cypherpunk artist, could you explain a little bit about the cypherpunk ideals and and what influences you to create the work, the artwork that you create? Okay, so I I will consider being a cypherpunk. Uh, someone that is aligned with with the values of of cyberpunk and cri- crypto anarchy, mm. so is basically someone that believes in freedom and uh, believes that technology might help us achieve, uh, might might help us yeah get get to a world where where we can have more individual freedom. So that's my 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 reading of of what a cyberpunk is. So. 
I, I was definitely um, an anarchist, as I mentioned before. And as soon as I started learning uh, more about cryptography and Bitcoin and, and these technologies, I, I went into this uh, line of, of thinking, of, of embracing technology to try to, to protect my individual freedoms and, 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 and other ones, and, and other individuals, of course. And beliefs. Um, so that that was my approach. I, uh, as an artist, I I always consider myself an artist, even though I was never a full time artist. I I had like a natural talent for for illustrating uh, since mm-hmm. I was a kid. So um, so I, I always like I'm I'm that kind of guy that everyone. Since you're like a little boy, everyone tells you, "Oh, you're an artist. You're a natural artist, right?" <laughs> so I like, you know, I like music. I, I I like to play music. I like to dance, stuff like that. But I I was never a professional artist. But I always like I, I was always doing something, right? Like even like small sculptures. And actually, my <laughs> at school since I was a kid, I was like sometimes more focused on drawing on my notebooks and and doing little <laughs> little sculptures with with the with the chuck uh yeah, yeah, yeah. This? The, yeah the chuck it's of the chuck, board yeah, right? chuck, yeah, yeah chuck right uh so stuff like i i was definitely putting more effort on that than than attending the the, the, the classes so but but i i had also interest for technology and i and i studied engineering so art was always a side hustle actually living in 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 europe sometimes made me go into small markets and and sell some of my drawings and that that was like a regular activity even though i'd never mm. considered that like my my main job but then uh, as soon as i got involved in bitcoin i knew i heard that there was i, I found online that there was a, a, some bitcoin and blockchain artists they used to call more like blockchain art uh, back in the day and I was very lucky to be super early into the Rare Pepe directory. So mm. I think it was like a month after it launched. This was um, probably, I think it was September, July or, or August. August 2016 is when the Rare Pepe directory launched. And I was in a Bitcoin meetup. I was traveling uh, wow. in Canada. I was in Toronto. With, and, and I was in a Bitcoin meetup, meetup and we were like five people there only. We were talking about Bitcoin. I was trying to like share my ideas, you, you know, like at the, at, at, I was at that point where you're like most of your knowledge about Bitcoin is, is just being online. Yeah. So you're really eager to go out and meet people in real life to just to just to be sure that you're not delusional, <laughs> that you're not you're not being scammed online or something. Like get that, a you know? social confirmation. Uh, exactly, we... exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I was looking for social confirmation in real life with 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 like-minded people, and uh, so I I was back in Mexico and and I was going back to Europe. So I visited some friends in in the U.S. and Canada, and I was trying to attend as much Bitcoin meetups as possible. And uh, and then I was in Toronto in a Bitcoin meetup, and my friend uh, Antoine, which uh, wa- I think he's still the main host of one of the biggest uh, Toronto Bitcoin meetups. It's called Bitcoin Bay, uh, and he he showed me the Rare Pepe directory. He was like, "Hey man, look look what someone just." 
just like shared with me a, a few days ago, and and from there I, I I was like, okay, let's let's do a Pepe, right? <laughs> so I, so I made my my first rare Pepe in in uh, at the end of 2016, and that was very early, like that that was the first market of digital collectibles. Um, wow! So it was kind of a, a strike of luck, and and. And that made me consider go more and more into making art, and mm. and and since since then since 2016, I think like every day I just I I just uh, dedicate more time to to creating art. Ever since uh, I'm I'm thinking about trying to be like full time uh, artist now. It's just like it's sometimes hard, but <laughs> but definitely especially in the bear market when when the interest is not there, right? Exactly, in the bear market is kind of hard, and and the Bitcoin market, the Bitcoin art market is smaller than the the general crypto of course. art market, so it's it's definitely harder, but but it's very exciting. So that's like every every day I just uh, realize that it's it's is one of the things that I want to do more and more, and and the community of artists is amazing. So since then, that that was that was like my kickstart in 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 this. Um, in this Direction. journey uh-huh, of, of becoming uh, a more, trying to be like a more professional artist. Uh, and that's what I've been trying to do since 2016, just like up, upscale my, my skills and, and learn more uh, tools and get more involved in, in the community. And, and yeah, it's been very rewarding. Well, de- definitely with, with, with Bitcoin, I mean, uh, art on the Bitcoin blockchain, the, the ordinals have certainly uh, b- uh, pushed that into the mainstream o- over the 12 months. You know, pe- people that weren't even interested about Bitcoin before, you know, they came up to me going, you know, Gigi, w- what is this ordinals? What's, what's happening here? You know, and they, they actually did the big, big boom. So in your opinion, aren't kind of ordinals helping you um, get closer to the dream that you have? Well, I mean, in my in my case, I I mean, I haven't like done. I've done a, a, a several ordinals since the beginning of the year. Like, I actually, mm. I was actually, I I I am actually very excited about ordinals, but because the adoption that they are going to bring, and uh, so there are a few premises that I have. So first of all, I don't think ordinals are a threat to Bitcoin in any shape or form. Mm. Um, Actually, I, I think they will bring healthy adoption, but also like unhealthy adoption too. Like everything, <laughs> like every technology, right? Like, sure. like every there, there's going to be bad actors and and bad use cases. So, uh, but that's how adoption looks uh, looks like, uh, I believe. Uh, so that's like the first premise. I don't think uh, ordinals are bad at all. And another thing that I see in the Bitcoin communities uh, sometimes is that they haven't been much into other uh, networks. Uh, mm. They haven't been around or involved in, in other networks. So I, I, I participated a lot in the NFT world in, in the Ethereum community. Mm. I definitely, I, I mean, I don't love Ethereum. I, I actually, uh, I, 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 there are so many things that I dislike about Ethereum, but there are very good, very positive things like the community, mm. The, the strength of the community and the uh, the the artist community that that grew since 2018 but it had like a big boom in 2020 with the pandemic yeah, 2020 yeah. and 2021 that was amazing that that changed the life of so many creative people 
And and in Bitcoin, it ha- it also happens because the community in Bitcoin is also like big, been growing, but definitely at a, at a very smaller scale. Mm. So I think that from that experience, a lot of Bitcoiners are underestimating the what what Ordinals is going to to create on Bitcoin, because I've seen the the, the demand for these objects for these digital collectibles, and it's it's huge, it's unbelievable. If you're not there, if you're not being part of that ecosystem, you you will never believe that mm. that's a real thing. That there are thousands and thousands of of collectors uh willing to throw big crazy money. big <laughs> money crazy money to into collecting digital stuff even though if 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 these collectibles are not perfect like most of like most of nfts are are shit like uh they don't work they're going to break the image is going to get lost the the link between the token and the image is 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 deficient like there are so so many uh, defects on on these collectibles but that doesn't break the the premise the 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 fundamental uh uh use case mm. which is people want to collect and we now have a way of creating digital collectibles even though are not perfect so when i see something like ordinals that solves most of those problems uh i'm bullish and 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 then on uh, now that we met on on Amsterdam i saw for the first time even though it's not my kind of event but i saw for the first time on bitcoin like a, a big uh dedicated event just for ordinals with mm. with with uh with a good sponsorship you know and and uh, with funds behind you know like like screens and and mapping and it was a know. crazy venue with all the lights and everywhere it's like you stepped into an actual different world not digitally but physically exactly and and we've seen that on ethereum and other another ecosystems a lot like events of that magnitude Mm. We've seen them in Ethereum since 2019, at least in yeah, my experience. Yeah. Maybe, maybe before in 2018. Like we've seen like big events dedicated to artists on 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 other networks. But that was like, I mean, the, the, I I love the, the the Bitcoin art community. There are super talent. There are super talented people, and my friends from from other from from the Ethereum world. I I show them the 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 artworks or of. Mr. Hansel or Citra or Crypto Graffiti, like all, and 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 like definitely, everyone agrees that there's a lot of talent on Bitcoin. Mm. It's just like there's a more niche community. It's smaller, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Bitcoin is is growing at its own pace, which in a way is 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 good. It's good. It's, it's, it's healthy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like we need to be aware that that we can have these big wave of adoption with something like ordinals and that i think that's going to happen like i i haven't sold my ordinal for that much actually i made a, like a pretty cool one that i'm super proud of and i sold it like for pe- for for peanuts in in new york <laughs> uh, a few months ago uh, so it's not it's not the money that that uh, that have been rewa- uh, rewarding for me so far it's just that i'm excited that we have this very uh I will say uh, a very effective collectible on Bitcoin, which which mm. if if people are familiar how NFTs work, uh, then you will understand that ordinals are a definitely better collectible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I I totally agree with 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 what you mentioned, Gus. And maybe maybe taking back to 
essentially one one really big thing that stood out to me regarding nfts is is the fact that for generation essentially since the beginning of of art coming around all the artists always lived in poverty and and didn't have any money from it and their art was like you sold your 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 ordinal for for as you said peanuts uh, you know earlier in the year in new york a lot of these famous artists were selling their artworks just to you know uh, make ends meet um royalties which i found fascinating that once the creator releases the artwork and it keeps reselling for years to come and essentially one day you know the artist might sell it for a hundred dollars and five years down the line the artist really you know gets gets promoted and really grows his brand and his artwork is selling for for let's say hundreds or even millions um of of dollars from every sale the artist gets rewards and and to me that's that's a fascinating aspect which was never before possible before this technology came around and i guess this is just one big use case you know th that benefits the actual creators who should in my opinion definitely be reaping you know the, the the main rewards than what we have today the big galleries taking you know when they do their auctions they take the big chunk and whatever is left over goes to the agent to the artist so i think the, that's one aspect that really kind of you know gave me a light bulb moment that you know nfts are really doing a good thing for the art scene instead of you know just whatever uh, as people dismiss it uh, a jpeg of a monkey who cares about it you know as you said and you've seen it changes artists lives which which is the most important yeah that's definitely true but there are a couple of things to unpack there that i would that that i uh, uh, i would like to at least point out uh, to, sure. uh, 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 some aspects that are not like a, as, as as ideal as as sometimes uh, people think so the first one is like the the comparison with the traditional markets the traditional art markets so mm. a lot of things remain true like most artists don't make money and there's always a small percentage of artists that make all the money mm. that's not just in the art market that's like like a natural law, I would say. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Like, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, th this is definitely something that is very controversial. Like, I've been in a lot of debates about this issue, like why there's this inequality, right? If this is something systemic or this is something uh, that that comes from from nature, like we see that in, in the animal kingdom as well. I don't know. Like, I don't have the answers. But definitely... Uh, we are seeing in the in the crypto art markets uh, a kind of like the same uh, uh, behavior of other mm. markets in where mo most artists like are are not selling or are selling for very little and there's just a few very talented or very competitive artists that or or, or people that know the right people whatever it is and they make most of the money so so. But the market is bigger. So there, there are definitely barriers that have been broken. So in, in the traditional world, uh, you at least needed some connections to make a sale. Because if you're not partnering with a gallery or you don't know a place in where they help you to show, uh, there's just no way to get exposure. But nowadays with social media and with these uh, collectibles that you can just put on, on sale and, and, and someone from from any Anywhere part of the world, the world. That has internet <laughs> exactly you can just buy it and then you will have more funds in your wallet the next morning this this super powerful uh, exercise of of exchange this is a game changer for a lot of us 
so so it just got more inclusive i would say that mm. the same thing happens that like the same uh dynamics are are kind of the same of the traditional markets but it's just more democratized like now everyone can can do it you just need to learn how to use a wallet so so that's one thing and the other one is that the, the thing that you mentioned about royalties that royalties are interesting in in many ways because there's an aspect of royalties that are in conflict with the idea of sound money. So I'll give you an example. If you want to collect something like a like a pen or or whatever it is, like a shoes or, or clothes or cars, ideally a collectible is something that you really own and you have absolute control of your private property. So if if you have a collectible item that has like a tax on it every time you you make a secondary sale for some people this is not ideal you know because like mm. even though for 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 the for the community of creators of course it's very um, motivating to you that that you will have always a royalty every time the, your your artwork sales mostly if if sometimes some some hustlers or or some dealers they just buy your art for cheap, for 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 cheap and they just want to sell it for like 100x and they mm. sometimes succeed in doing this i i've i've been there several times and it feels weird it feels like yeah you're being scammed like i don't know it's weird but at the same time if you are in the in in the shoes of the collector uh, of course, if if you make a hundred x without giving anything to the artist, uh, it, it sounds like also a little, a little bit, bit unfair. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, exactly, it sounds a little bit unfair. But at the same time, kind of you have the right to do that, right? So, it, so, so there's a debate. There's a big re- debate about how good or bad royalties are, and there's another aspect, the technical aspect, like different from Ethereum. In Bitcoin, you cannot uh, encode. Encode a royalty into the into the object into the collectible, because on on Ethereum all NFTs or most NFTs are created through a smart contract. Correct, so the yeah. smart contract had the rules that govern into the collectible object. So this mm. is good and bad. Is is good in the way that like the owner of the smart contract has more control, on, and you can make more variety of objects, and that's why. On Ethereum, NFTs got way more adoption and at a, a faster uh, rate than on Bitcoin because they they are more versatile. But at the same time, it's got a problem of of sovereignty of your private property. Hmm. So you can encode on Ethereum. You can encode stuff like roy- royalties on on a, on a collectible, and for some people it's good, and for some people it's bad. But on Bitcoin, that's very hard to do. I I, I would argue that it's in a way, even on Ethereum on, and on other networks, in a practical, ultimate way, it's impossible to always enforce royalties because you can always like just hand over the private keys of your collectibles. So there, there are always going to be ways to to bypass a royalty. Uh, so on Bitcoin, it's even harder to enforce those royalties. So, mm. so in a way, like there's, I, I'm just saying, there's a big debate on royalties, yeah. and 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 the community is tends split. to be divided. Ah, exactly, it's a split. 
Well, that so if I understood correctly, um, and 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 this is new to me, there's no royalties on on the Bitcoin blockchain artwork that's getting sold. Uh, not encoded on the object. Okay. There are platforms, for instance, like one of the platforms that I work more with is Scarcity, which is like mm-hmm. the auction house of of Bitcoin only uh, digital goods. Uh, so they are they are implementing some royalty system on the so platform. The, on the platform, but this is okay. only at the platform level. There's uh, no way to. It, it's like a physical item. So yeah, if yeah, you yeah. if you resold something that you bought, you might be. Uh, um, uh, you you might be required by a contract to share some of your revenue, but mm. there's no way to to enforce it on code, you know, like to, to, gotcha. like to do it in an immutable way. There's no way to do that on Bitcoin, to my knowledge. Very interesting. Well, <laughs> well, well. Maybe that goes with the ethos of Bitcoin, right? That that it's a self-sovereign asset, right? You can't just be anyone encoding what they want on it, and definitely, and that's yes. very interesting. V- very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, let, let, let me go back. So uh, at the moment, I believe you are based in b- back in Mexico, right? You're no longer in Europe. Yes. Yes. So I am based. So I wanted to ask you, essentially being based in Mexico and, and being in the Bitcoin space for, for so many years, what are some challenges and, and opportunities that you've encountered in the sense when it comes to educating other people about this technology? Mm-hmm. How has their perspective changed or, or what, what's changed in your eyes when it comes to you trying to you know, bring the light to the people at the end of the tunnel. Well, I, I, from my experience, uh, it's easier to to uh, to talk people into understanding Bitcoin in Latin America than in the US and and Europe. Like I, I'm talking about, like the average guy, you yeah, know? yeah, like, average like, person, like, like like the normies, as we say in a, <laughs> in a funny way. In, in Latin America, is is just way easier. Like people have a natural skepticism toward uh, what the so-called authority, right? Like the mm. government and, and the institutions. We already take for granted that these, are, these institutions are corrupt. Uh, whereas a lot of people in, in, in the Western world, in the, in the first world, as they call it, um, they, they, as a premise, they assume that, that the government represents you and then, yeah. in a way, they are they are working for you. So, um, so that, that I I find a lot of that with 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 people around me, right? Like my 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 aunt uh, and uncle were here in Mexico. They are from New York. They are very leftist, and mm. uh, and yeah, there's so there's always a limit in our understanding because of those premises. They will always assume that. The government is representing them and is working for them. So why would you try to erode the power, the power of 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 the government, the the, mm. the nation state? So that's like a, a big line. Whereas in Latin America is, I mean, of course, there's people like that, but most people, even though they they have not. Uh, a very clear political philosophy stand. They, we already assume that that these people they are they are thinking about themselves first, and 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 then uh, trying to make any social good. So um, so I find it easier 
to to talk to people about Bitcoin in Latin America. In Argentina is like a very clear example, right? Like they are going through hyperinflation. Crazy and, inflation, and, yeah. and the Bitcoin community is being the biggest in in the in all Latin America. The the more the the longest the the older I would say and the biggest uh, community and um, and people my my friends in in Europe and the US uh, even when I'm there it's very easy to 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 make them understand like a lot of people they they have never heard where Bitcoin comes from what are the ideas behind it like like why does it work all of those mm. things that we know right. When you talk to them about this from the standpoint of of crypto anarchy, they immediately get it. Like, it's, I, of course, it's I don't want to. It's natural. I don't want to depend on my bank. Uh, I don't want to 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 be under uh, the rule of certain, uh, you know, government or dictator, and elected or, or unelected individuals, as we have exactly. in a lot of countries. Exactly. Yeah. That, that that's it's a very interesting point that, that you touched upon, Gus. I, I mean, I think it all trickles down to to one word, and 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 that's specifically trust, right? Um, trust has definitely been broken over the years, <clears throat> and and in some countries, as as you mentioned, in, in Latin America, even a lot of parts of of Africa, as we saw in Nigeria just a few months ago, they tried to rule out their the digital naira, their CBDC, and that humongously failed because because nobody trusted the government and everybody opted out their own way so i guess that the west is lagging behind when it comes to kind of this this bitcoin and larger crypto renaissance you know seeing you know taking the power back into yourself and not having to rely or trust and believing that the government has the best interest because that's certainly not the reality because if they would have best interest people will not be slaving away doing two jobs every day and and you know trying to make meets end at the end of the month. Um, so sooner or later, people will have to adopt. Um, but, but it's interesting how the adoption is happening from what they say, the emerging world. Um, and, and then the developed world is kind of just sleeping on it. And one day they will wake up and say, you know, holy shit, like we've been lied to all, all these years. But I guess there, there's only so much educating and, and so much stuff that we can do and, and, until it, you know, really makes sense to, 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 to the general people in, in the West. But Maybe touching upon now a little bit of a of a more artistic uh, point and, and going back to the artwork, um, I introduced you and I mentioned you as a meme maximalist, which I think I found one of your interviews and, and I found that very fascinating, that term, which I definitely had to include in, in the introduction. Um, could you elaborate a little bit on, on what does it mean to you and, and how do memes play a role in, in your advocacy and artistic expression? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, I find memes fascinating, uh, both from from the history of the idea of a meme that actually goes back to Darwin. Okay, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the the name, uh, the the term meme, it's, it was coined relatively recently by by Richard Dawkins, uh, which is a bio. Uh, I think he's a. Uh, a biologist or something, but he he writes and talks a lot about about science, uh, about um, the ideas of science. Uh, mm. uh, so he coined the word uh, the, the word meme as as a reference to the gene. So the same the same way a gene works into um, transmitting information from one generation to the next. In that same way, in culture. Uh, an idea jumps from one person to the next 
uh, as uh, and the minimum unit of language that jumps from one person to the next. That's what they call a meme. But the idea itself mm. go, goes back to Darwin. I I I, I know as a fact, like I, I've read somewhere that that there was this discussion already at the end of the 19th century where they definitely could could see some similarities between the theory of evolution and uh, how we think that that genetic information flows and changes and a parallel with culture right mm. so 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 this idea comes from there comes from the theory from the darwinian uh, uh Cosmovision, but but in re, in in the last decade, <laughs> it was very interesting that 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 we started calling memes these like I would say short ideas that can be represented with a with a single image single or, a image, short, yeah. or, or a short video like like I, I will I will call it the minimum form of an idea that can have the potential of getting viralized. Mm. And, and, and of course, humor is, is one of the, the ways when, where, where truth manifests. This is, a, I think there's, I'm paraphrasing, but this is a, a quote from Bergson, which was a French philosopher. So he used to say that, that, that humor and, and happiness and some, some, something like that, that's, that's a way of reaffirm when people are finding truth. And that's, that's something that I, I think it happens with memes, like, like definitely humor and, and something that gets viralized is because it's talking about something that is happening, is resonating with the people. So I, yeah. I, I, I've always found a memes something very interesting i love it we have a lot of fun with memes and, <laughs> and trying to understanding and create uh, and, and to create them is, is is something very rewarding and then at the same time when i started uh, exploring uh, crypto bitcoin and blockchain art with the with the rare pepes and, and all that trend uh, i realized that the traditional artwork uh, art world have never um, paid any attention to, to memes before mm-hmm. 2018 or 17. Memes were just completely out of the ra- radar uh, because I, I would assume that that's because there's no money on it. On it. They, 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 they wa- there was no money on it or maybe because these institutions like the traditional art institutions are really it. obsolete. Uh, yeah, the date is missing because because they are in a way obsolete. Uh, I mean, they are protecting a kind of art that it had become boring and very speculative, and and the most creative minds are not there definitely, or mm. or maybe just a few. But like the the general creative community is more on the streets. Is I will I would argue that is more on on art forms like graffiti or 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 yeah. hip hop or or other more more organic. Cultural. More cultural, yeah, yeah, more more alive, right? Uh, so, so the 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 museums and the galleries completely dismissed memes in the last decade, and it <laughs> wasn't until the NFT started uh, growing that they realized that there was something very important there, and there was a lot of money there. So suddenly, from one year to the next, uh, in festivals like Art Basel in Miami, like everyone. Try try to adopt NFTs, even though they didn't understand it, and as a consequence, they they start paying attention to memes. Just mm. At least maybe a small part of the whole 
blockchain art ecosystem is is still very much influenced by memes. So I I'm I'm on that line. I'm on that branch of this whole ecosystem. The, I I I I give a lot of attention and, and try to 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 use a lot of tools that that uh, uh, that I've been getting inspired from uh, the meme culture. This is fascinating. I well, thanks a lot, guys, for for sharing with me and, and the listeners the the history of of memes. Because to be honest, I I had no idea how it all started and 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 the significance of it. But one one correlation that I just made in my mind when when you were explaining how the traditional art world fully dismissed it, we see that today with traditional finance and banks dismissing Bitcoin for so many years, saying you know forget it, it's just scam, it's used for terrorists, it's money laundering. But now every year, but not even every year, every month now we're hearing bigger and bigger banks adopting it, implementing self-custody, offering it to their clients. And similarly, as, as NFTs did with and, and, and memes did for, for the alt culture, as you mentioned in Basel, suddenly everybody was you know using NFTs without even knowing what it is. Like we have today banks saying, oh, yeah, we'll offer it to our clients. But you as that banker, explain to me what is Bitcoin. They have no clue, you know. So it's, it's interesting how it's different worlds that that have very, very similar and, and correlating I- interwined, um, essentially, features in it. But on the fact of memes, I, what I find also fascinating in, in our current time in, in the world, arguably one of the richest people in the world, Mr. Elon Musk, he's, he's kind of this, this meme, meme master. Like every tweet, every day, every few hours, he's just posting and he's just kind of like laughing at the whole world. And it's amazing to see someone in so much power, influence, and just everything that he's doing in life, like so many projects, he's still dedicating his personal time to share these memes with the world. And mm-hmm. I think that's very important and, and it shows humility as well from his side. But more why I think memes really correlate with people is what you mentioned, a, a very important factor of humor. No matter what's your background, how rich or poor or where you are in the world or what your profession is, we all share one thing in common, which is humor. And and if it's a really good humor, then as you said, it it just flies and, and goes viral overnight. And you know, some of these people, you know, they, they essentially can, you know, can stream a whole career of just tweeting one meme. And and this is fascinating, which never before, even before blockchain, before essentially internet, it was never possible. You know, who would go out to the streets and be holding, you know, a poster that they did? It just wouldn't have the same effect. So I think memes do really play a vital role in, in our current digital culture that we live in. So thanks a lot, guys, for, for sharing that with, with me. And, and I'm glad I brought it up as a question because <laughs> if we didn't, we would all be left, you know, still thinking where do meme comes from. But thanks to Gus, we, we now know the, the origins to that. Yeah, and actually, I believe that that's a good, uh, a very good indicator of the character of 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 people, in the in the sense that I don't love the 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 idea of art artists. You know, that's I think is more like a something that started in the in the Western world, maybe mm. with with the Greeks. I would say, but I, I I like to talk more about creative, like people that have a, a, a bigger call for being creative and exploring uh, being being creative and exp- and exploring ideas and try to push bound- boundaries on 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 whatever their the, their field of 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 work is so i think memes and and se- all other set- certain disruptive 
forms of being creative are a good indicator of the character or at least the capacity of some people to understand culture. So mm -hmm. I see a lot of uh, a lot of people online on Twitter that I are haters of, let's say, graffiti. But let's yeah. say, let's put for example graffiti. It is very very common. The, the same people that hate ordinals in the in the maxi community they are also haters of graffiti and for me that's a very clear sign of what's their stand on culture there are there are aspects of culture that they don't understand and they don't want to understand of course graffiti is disruptive like you don't want someone painting your wall that you just <laughs> like you just finish decorating your house and someone comes and paint it that's that, that that's an issue for you but but Because of that, just dismissing one of the stronger cultural expressions of the last century is, for me, is absurd. It, it it means that you you are not understand like you are not in tune with the with the culture how the culture is evolving around you, and that mm. that's I think that's the same thing with with NFTs and, and and ordinals in the in the Bitcoin community. Let's say, like someone that is just like a complete hater of of crypto collectibles. There's something that they are missing. They, they are they are they are purposely being conservative in some ideas and shutting down to something that is very powerful and is happening. That of course have problems. It's going to bring problems because is is like the world is not perfect, but but that's a good indicator of their character. And and at the same time, people that embrace those cultural aspects. They they don't need to be artists because that, that that's precisely why I don't like love that the, the idea of artists. It's just for me sometimes it's like a like an empty word that you can attach to to whatever you want. But but someone creative like let's like you 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 mention Elon Musk that that he's definitely like a a, a huge mi mind right a very creative guy. Yeah, yeah. We we might like him or not, but we like no one can deny that he has a very powerful mind. And he's embracing one of the most powerful cultural expressions of our time, which is being a good meme maker, you know, <laughs> a, a meme lord. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so, so that's artistic. That's that's creative, and 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 that for me gives a very a very uh, telling aspect of of someone's character. Is this mm. person embracing? Is this person understanding what's going on? It, nowadays in culture what culture is talking about or not like, right so even though i'm not an expert on graffiti or 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 hip hop definitely like my knowledge about these art forms are very marginal but mm. but it's impossible to deny that there's something very powerful there and 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 young generations are always just developing and 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 making these art forms more and more complex so it's something that you need to keep an eye on yeah no no for yeah. sure and there's many factors that can influence it right we're, we're all different people in in different circumstances with different you know worldviews political views and and i guess just some people are narrow-minded they don't want to expand their, their their mind to new possibilities and, and new opportunities and I mean, I, I talk a lot with other guests on, on on other episodes where kind of us humans were these these comfort seeking creatures. You know, once we are somewhere that everything works, leave me alone and let me live my life. You know, and then when you have these you know these lunatics coming through and telling you, you know, look at this, look at these memes, look at here, and you know they might just dismiss it and they don't want to change. But 
I guess the, the only constant in life is change. And if you don't embrace it and then don't adopt it, I guess you're just going to be left behind and, and, and going to become outdated with it. But, you know, it's, it, it's a matter of, of preference. And I guess, you know, to everything takes time. So maybe someone that's dismissive today, five years down the line or 10 years down the line, they'll go, they'll have an aha moment, maybe in a bar with someone having a conversation and saying, ah, maybe, you know, maybe this is not fluff. Maybe there is actually something behind it. So hope is not lost as, as um, in my native country, we say hope dies last. So I'm still hopeful that people will have this awakening moment to it and will embrace change, which they need to. But let me ask you, Gus, you wanted to add something on this topic? No, no, it's fine. No. So amongst your various roles, as, as we mentioned, you mentioned you've been an engineer, professor, developer, artist, even though you don't like the term artist, but we'll, we'll still pull you in, in, in the digital cypherpunk artist, right? We'll, we'll give it a little bit of a flavor. What accomplishment are you most proud of when it comes to your journey in Bitcoin out of all the things that essentially you've done over the last few years? I think I have red-pilled a, a bunch of people. They always give me credit of being the one that talked to them into the, the into into the rabbit hole, and I'm very proud of that. I I, I have uh, I I've made a lot of uh, classes and lessons and lectures here in Mexico mostly, but for for and for a general Latin American audience, and that's one of the things that is more rewarding uh, for me. Because I th I feel that a lot of people have been uh, their lives have been changed, or or they have been exposed to to ideas that I believe are true and powerful and important to nowadays. That those ideas range from just adopting a, te a technology that is going to help you uh, protect your wealth, but mm. also to to all the way to 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 the to the. Uh, anarchist uh, mindset, which is question liberation. <laughs> liberation, yeah, exactly. Like be believing in, in some fundamental good values that, that we should try to protect and, and build our human relationships from there. Like, do like just abiding to the non-aggression principle and, and, and then questioning if these institutions or, or these groups of people are, are really good in, in the core because are they aligned or not with with bringing more good or bad to to the world and and I think I I, I have played a, a modest role in in expanding those uh, those ideas to an to an audience of course every year there's more and more people coming to the to this industry and some of them are like very eloquent very charismatic they have huge audiences online and so there are better and better people at communicating than than me but i'm very proud that i was relatively early into into expanding uh, these ideas and and that's very rewarding for me, and and not just Bitcoin, like also the the the, the crypto art and Bitcoin art yeah. ideas. Like there are definitely a lot of people. I was very, I, I was very early in in at least in Mexico and Latin America in 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 doing Bitcoin uh, art and also doing crypto collectibles. So a lot of a lot of artists acknowledge that I was like the first person that they heard talking about this since 2016 or 17 at least uh, mm. so that's very rewarding because like i think like probably and motivating I helped, yeah motivating of course mm -hmm. 
So now, that's one of the things that make me more proud, like uh, just just uh, t- putting out the word and, and 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 motivating people into going into a path of of empowering their, themselves in a in a moral and peaceful uh, way to make uh, the the world better. No, I I couldn't agree more, and and I mean you you've been doing amazing work and and and, and very inspiring, and I I agree with you. To me, also personally, some of the most kind of reward rewardful things that I do is 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 helping people out because that no matter and, and there's no money involved. It's it's just this feeling of good helping out someone with a solution. And and when it comes to Bitcoin, I mean, I, we don't have to speak about the solution. You 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 mentioned already m- many of those factors, but it's just you know giving that helping hand to people that really need it. I, I share that with you is is one of the most rewarding things, but. As we wrap up our conversation, Gus, is is there a message or takeaway you'd like to share essentially with our listeners, especially those who are passionate about the intersection of art, technology, and, and Bitcoin? What is something you would want to share with them? Well, Apart I from everything, say, of course, that you already shared. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I think a good advice would be for people to pay attention to the, to the Bitcoin artists. I'm never... Um, I, 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 I can never um, uh, get enough of, of, of uh, trying to motivate people into looking at, the, uh, at how talented a lot of these artists are. Because uh, in other, I always compare this to the Ethereum uh, ecosystem. Yeah. So there's the, the Ethereum creative uh, people is huge. So in platforms like Super Rare, there's like Madonna doing NFTs, you know, and like all the mainstream uh, uh, farandula superstars. <laughs> so so it, just just imagine all, all the all the intermediate or all the middle forms of, of creative people. There's just like a huge ecosystem with huge talents like that's mm. not unquestionable uh, but most of them are uh, also uh, focused on the digital realm and uh, not all of them of course like th- there's a lot of variety and and the values that they are promoting are very eclectic it's very random there are all kinds of people whereas the the bitcoin community is very interesting because we are kind of really focused on 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 our core political philosophy right We've so these laser eyes beamed at them <laughs> exactly like we are super super focused with our laser eyes on this and and that's a very effective ingredient for create for creativity so uh, actually constraints have been historically a good way of being hyper focused on mm. on developing ideas and being creative that that's why i believe ordinals are also important because these constraints on the on the the size uh, and uh, of an of on a file that you can inscribe in the in the bitcoin network force you to to be creative and to find new 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 ways of exploring your 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 meme talents right uh, so so i would encourage people to look more into into the the bitcoin artists there are there's incre- there's incredible talent there uh, every time i go to these live events um one one the most rewarding thing i would say is to just go through all the work that people have been putting and and all of all, all of those works are uh, aligned 
you know, mm. with, with a message that we want to 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 put out there. So yeah, like the 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 craftman the craftsmanship of of all of these things, the technology that they implement, the the creative ways of of combining uh, this technology with something that is fun or something that talks to people. That's something that I I uh, I, I really like. And and of course there are like the big names like. Fractal Encrypt or Cryptography, like some of the the the, the most well known and established Bitcoin artists. But there's a huge range of of artists, like going all like people like me that are hustling here and there. But like there's all kind of people, and and uh, and going to to the events like the Bitcoin Amsterdam uh, events where where we met. I sometimes feel that it's just like a a way more is so enrich uh, an, mm. an enrichment experience to go into the art gallery and look into the works because sometimes I feel like like there's just With so distance. distance you mean like yeah well uh, yeah, yeah like I, one I, thing is seeing it on on your screen you know on, at home the other thing is as you said going to a gallery and and like in our case you know getting to meet you meeting the artist speaking to him you know getting the message out it's it's a whole different feeling sure. and atmosphere. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both from the human experience of, yeah. of getting to know people live and yeah. to, to, to looking and touching the, the artworks that they are doing. So that's a, that's an amazing experience. And I would say to, in general, to the Bitcoin community, when you go to events, to live events, spend more time at the Bitcoin art gallery. It's, it's amazing. It's just like amazing the, the, the amount of creativity that you're going to find there. And Scarcity is doing a great job at, at, at trying to promote these events. And people uh, like like Dennis that, that works for the Bitcoin magazine and is curating a lot of these uh, art galleries in, 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 in these big conferences, they are helping a lot the community. But like it's never enough. It's just like we are a lot of creatives and, uh, and there are not enough spaces. So, so if you have the chance to attend a live conference, spend some Go time at the, at the art gallery because it's not like, like the crypto events. The crypto mm. events, the art is very random. It is not focused on ideas, whereas the Bitcoin community is, as you mentioned, is laserized, uh, <laughs> hyper focused, <laughs> hyper focused. Well, amazing, Gus. Um, I guess my, my my final question for you would be: where, where can we send our listeners to follow you online and, and check out your beautiful artwork? Uh, just follow me. I'm, I'm on Twitter as Gus Grillasca. I also have an Instagram account that I I check regularly and that's basically it i have my website gosgriyaska.com it's just mm -hmm. that uh, i i it's always under construction and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so recently i i've been uh, i've been trying to to make some new ideas into it so but but my dms are open so any question that you have you can see i'm posting regularly on twitter at least like three four times a week uh so uh and i'm there i'm always there so just like get get, it, get in touch and and please uh let me know any anything that you want to know or or any direction that i can point you at if you are curious about this this world <laughs> amazing well there you have it guys um gus's dms are open so feel free to slide in and and, and explore your own 
perception for for artwork and and, and feel free, free feel free to reach out Gus once again it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much for taking the time it's been amazing meeting you in Amsterdam and and today having to sit down and you know really learn more about you the history of, of how you got around and and everything else and and especially the memes I'm Tonight, I'm not going to be sleeping. I'm just going to be thinking about the memes that in our conversation that we had. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure and would love to have you back in the future because like with everything, the world and, and the artwork and Bitcoin, it always develops. So who knows where we will be next year and, and, and the years ahead. So definitely we'll, we'll have to love you to have you back. And once again, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, Gigi. Thanks for having me and, and thanks everyone for, for their, their time and and everything so see you next time